Hello, hello. Joby here. Welcome back to Droolish. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Droolish. I'm your host, Joey Montano. In case you're wondering, yes, I do record every beginning and the intro. It's not cut and paste. I really enjoy the music. It's from a unique Japan chill, I guess. I don't know. I edited it for the intro. Sounds pretty dope. It's always linked in the description. Yeah, I don't know why I mentioned it. I just felt like it. Gotta give them credit. Uh, it's a good song. So if you are new to Drillish, this is a sleep and relaxation podcast focusing on helping you fall asleep, relax, and get your mind off of your day, really. If you have mind racing or just consistent mind chatter, Generally, this podcast is pretty good just to drown out the noise, listen to a yawn-inducing voice, blended with a variety of ambient sounds, preferably white noise. Uh, I like to play that a lot, so you'll start to hear some rain being mixed in uh, in a few minutes to help soothe your mind. Now, if this is your first time, uh, especially if this is your first time, I do talk about a variety of subjects, and I probably said that before, but I have to emphasize that because uh, I don't want you guys thinking, since this is a sleep podcast, you're going to learn everything about sleep. I still feel very about hit and miss. I still feel, uh, still feel very wary about talking about insomnia, heavy insomnia-specific stuff. Uh, even though I'm doing more research and testing myself, like I suffer from insomnia occasionally. Wasn't as bad as a decade ago. That said, I do tend to believe my voice is more yawn-inducing, and uh, I've already had people feed feedback and comments, and it seems like it does help a decent amount of people. And I figure, why not? If I'm able to help people fall asleep, that's just one piece of the pie. But uh, if I talk consistently about trying to sleep and going to sleep, uh, well, it could be beneficial for users for people to like listen and try it themselves. I found that the biggest issue for me with my my mind chatter is if I realize I can't sleep, I get inside my own head trying to tell myself I shouldn't, like I need to go to sleep or I already accepted the fact that it's already happening. So so talking about insomnia actually hurts my ability to sleep or even thinking about it. So that's why I try to not specifically talk about um, all sleep related stuff. Plus variety is is the slice and splice of life, I guess. So uh, and there are other like sleep podcasts for people who really dedicate their lives towards that. Not that I am not working towards that, but uh, I, you know that's kind of what they're pitched as, and um, and that's not what this podcast really is about. It's just mainly about adding value, helping you guys sleep in one way, shape, or form, primarily through the voice and the experience. And hopefully, you guys can take a valuable nugget or two, and uh, hopefully, can apply that uh, down the road. Um, some people have already gotten value out of this podcast especially for the sports bettors out there um hopefully that'll come back sooner rather than later but today i want to start off early get on track and really the point of this episode so the last episode we talked a lot about the note cards kind of a bit more of a self-reflection of just the notes i've written and and going over reading it out loud and see what makes sense what doesn't um what's valid what isn't and reflection especially on thoughts and whatnot to kind of need reflect like they, they that needs to happen to see if ideas stick or i or mantras or your motivations or whatever like sticks for you uh so 
uh, I mentioned that because this episode, we're going to dive more into not specifically the note cards, but a, a different variation of it. So another way I keep notes, I'm not just uh, physically, is digitally. And I'm not going to talk about Google Sheets, but, I, but there is one method that I like doing in real time because I have the app everywhere, and that is Slack. Uh, so I'm a part of like a lot of Slack channels that I think all of us are at this point. If you don't know what Slack is, um, think of email, but instant. It's like Yahoo Instant Messenger, but it related to the workforce. Um, it can be very useful, but if you have more than like three or four workspaces, it becomes a huge time distraction. So use Slack, uh, you know, as you need. Um, use it with caution, uh, especially now with COVID. Uh, I can imagine more people are on Slack, and like they're also using Zoom as well. So. Um, but for Slack, uh, I've been using that since I think like 2014, and, uh, and I'm not going to gush about Slack like nonstop. But I did keep a uh, I do keep messages to myself. So like for a direct message, if I had a note or something that's worth saving, uh, I would quick paste it on my personal Slack DM. So it ends up being something that is just more self notes. Uh, instant self notes where I don't have to open up Google Drive or write something down if I don't have a pen. Uh, let's just write that in there. So I thought it'd be pretty interesting uh, to go over all the notes that I saved since, I guess, September 8th, 2017. I've scrolled up all the way. And uh, a lot of this stuff I use between notes to either make decisions later or just thoughts or ideas that haven't really come to fruition. So uh, this is better time now to reflect. I'm coming off of the previous episode to see if there's anything that I missed, anything that is really useful that somehow slipped through the cracks and hopefully you guys can get a better idea of kind of what goes on inside my head just a little bit. Uh, and really, uh, this is going to be more of a stream of consciousness episode as well. A blend of stream of consciousness and uh, kind of ideas and thoughts that are just related to uh, me specifically, not me, but like around my life, per se. Uh, and I mentioned this before, I believe, that I like to add more variety between content that I've taken in and one on and content that I've either written from myself or from my note from my learnings, more experiential content or notes. Uh, because I don't know, I just feel like if I just regurgitate what everyone else is saying, it doesn't really make me better or worse. Um, versus effort offering my own insights, it's I'm able to speak out loud and see if it actually sits well. Uh, some of the things might not, and you can get a good laugh out of it. And if they do sit well, if you like it, then hopefully uh, you get some good value. But uh, I don't think many people actually talk about like their old notes or old thoughts, and it makes sense. I, I, I can explain why. I'll explain why in the party words. But for now, uh, it should be pretty obvious. I'll say it. Like you know, who am I? Like I'm nobody. So. <laughs> So no one's really going to care about this unless we actually listen to the podcast. Um, but I always find these musings pretty interesting, especially for the, especially given the context of um, self-reflection. So let's begin. Now the first one I had was just from a uh, SEO spider crawl, so that's work-related. Pass. Uh, a couple of Amazon links. Pass. And yes, I am going to talk through each one. I'm not going to edit it out. Like, am I a madman? Going to edit everything out? No. Um, 
However, there's going to be some insights that I'd look at, or things I'd look at, and then I'm going to try to bring more context behind it. So one example here is like from October, where I literally just have a bunch of notes related to uh, like a PPC ad campaign that I did uh, talking. Is this more for like a client, some CNC stuff, engineering, and nothing really amazing behind that. Uh, and then I have a series, a slew, you might say, of t-shirt banners. So uh, I think, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the art of selling t-shirts. I had a brief venture in selling uh, pet pet apparel, or, or pet apparel for people who love dogs, specifically. And, and I had a lot of concepts that I saved on here. Um, I think I used Fiverr. And I got a lot of designers to do do the uh, creative for the shirts. The first one says, like, there's like two paw prints in it, and the graphic goes, "Dogs before dudes." Now, I don't even know. I now I save that. I feel like I gave that the okay. Dogs before dudes. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people that hate guys. Um, that love their dogs. You know, that was something that would target. Uh, then more, then more stuff with PPC ads, and then it goes to just a lot more, uh, a lot more pet stuff, which is oh my god, this is like cringy in hindsight, like like three years ago. Um, this would test my if my poodle can't come, I'm not going. And then there's a husky variation. If my husky can't come, I'm not going. If my Labrador can't come, I'm not going. If my pup can't come, I'm not going. If my Shih Tzu can't come. <laughs> it's the same, you know, it's the same thing. Um, I think I picked the most popular dogs that I think had a lot of engagement on Facebook when I did this. Um, the whole play, or the whole idea behind this was I wanted to create uh, Facebook ads to test whether or not the shirts, uh, once they, once I'm able to get the graphics approved and put it on with the t-shirts, if they were able to sell. I think I broke even doing this. Uh, this started around November and I think I spent like a month or two focused on it and uh, it, eh, you know I paid some money I didn't lose a lot or lose money but it was just seemed like a big time sink uh, I got to learn a lot about like more e-commerce Shopify stuff um, it also made me realize and I need to dramatically improve my ability to communicate with creative big time right? I, I'm just terrible at it I was so it's Maybe you still am looking back, I'm like, man, a lot of the stuff, like, this shirt, it's, like, the shirt itself, like, if my blank can't come, I'm not going. That sounds, it's very entitled. Very entitled. And I would imagine the person that's buying the shirt is, like, not the kind of person who I would actually want wearing it. If that makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, then ask me. Because I don't know what you'd ask me, specifically. I was, uh, yeah, I was going to say something else, but now I'm hopping to uh, January 4th, where I spent some time studying a lot about YouTube, YouTube marketing, a lot of strategies, a lot of this stuff, um, the strategy specifically, they call it like remix strategy in one of the courses I took, and what they do is they take a lot of the artists used today, so... I mean, musical artists, YouTubers, other content creators generally have people they look up to and they use for inspiration. Um, so the idea behind this is that you kind of look at the people that you like doing that are successful and then use the ideas that have been working and add your own unique twist. 
So an example, uh, there's so many examples I'm trying to think like, um, like my favorite one that I see that gets viral all the time is like, it's like this, this guy, he's in China, he's like a, he's a white guy. Um, I mentioned that because literally his, video, his, his videos say, like, confused white guy, like, blows the minds of Chi native Chinese speaker in, in Market Square. Or, you know, like, yeah, it, you know, like, white guy orders Chinese food flawlessly in Hong Kong. You know, so those things. And it's more reaction stuff. Um, but the whole idea behind the strategy is to kind of see what's going on and then add a twist. So if you wanted to do your own thing, your twist, you know, it might not be speaking of, or your twist might be like, as opposed to China, you go to Mexico. And it's a similar idea, but you're just, that twist, twist. Or you can add, uh, you know, you could just go, yeah, I think that's the most relevant example. But you essentially start with an idea and then work off of it. Find you find content that's already gone viral and add a twist to make it fresh. So essentially you're just taking proven content and you're going to be more of kind of like going with the times, like what's popular now, what's working, and, uh, and yeah, you grow with it. Um, one example they mentioned was the Drunk Times, I think it's California Times spinoff, Drunk Times focus on nighttime with drunk people, that's the note that I wrote. Uh, the big thing here is that you want to avoid Me Too content, and by that it means like, oh, you know, this person is doing, I think, I don't know, there's like one popular channel, like slow-mo guys, they're doing things in slow-mo. You know, you don't want to be the second slow-mo guy or the third slow-mo guy. You want to be someone that's known to be different or unique. Um, the content could be very similar, but you just don't want to be a carbon copy of what is already working. Certainly take elements for that. Uh, so that's kind of the whole idea behind those notes that I wrote, and I have no idea why I even wrote it there. And then I have a lot of PPC keywords. No, no real reason. Um, I have a SoundCloud from a guy named Zeb. Uh, I don't want to play the music. Uh, I find that distracting, but uh, soundcloud.com forward slash Zeb dash 23. Is it good? Is it bad? Well, if you're listening, I'll find out. Uh, you do it for me. I'm not going to click for you guys. But then I have a uh, a fairly exhaustive PPC campaign uh, that I wrote out, or at least the top-level notes of it, uh, for a... Uh, I could talk about this, so it's for... It was for a... I think it was a mortgage broker. And we wanted to talk about, like, a whole marketing, like, over overhaul from, like, PPC to SEO, um, you know, ranking on Google organically or paid, um, how to do link building, talk about Facebook ads, Bing ads, set keywords, types of industries to go after, whether it's like construction or like U.S. lending. Uh, I'll talk about like construction to homeowners and different tiers. Um, we talk about different content plays, like the dangers of like new mortgage companies, loans or something like that. Talk about like who we are, what they do, what the brand says, what the target market, what the redesign is going to be, like what type of messaging are they going to use. What are their rates? What do they qualify for? The list of debts slash debt to income ratios. Uh, look at relative competitors in the area because it's a local site. Uh, like look at the whole process of buying a house. Like understand how much they qualify for. You know, like all these different things that um, that these lenders are trying to get. Um, you know, these are regular credit lenders. They're not like payday loan. They're not payday loan lenders. But that's essentially more or less like the whole 
a campaign that was written out. And in hindsight, and I realize, speaking out loud, a lot of the marketing stuff uh, should stay in the marketing realm. Uh, yeah, I find that weird because uh, I, I like I like using these as like time capsules to see like what I was interested in and see if I either lost like if I just forgot about it for whatever reason or uh, if it's something I'm still doing. And as someone who just likes marketing, um, only really to, actually I can't say marketing. I I think marketing's okay. I know I'm like a marketer, quote unquote. Um, and a pretty decent one too, not gonna lie. But it's mainly just re related to working with good people and good clients and good products. Um, I feel I just feel shysty working for a company or business that's just terrible. Like I don't want to market for you know, companies like fleecing employees or fleecing customers. That just makes me feel dirty. But then, uh, outside of that, I think I was working on another project too. I was in the middle of a finance financial blog that I wrote. Uh, so I just made a list of different competitors, like making sense of sense, that's one, modest money, uh, looking for like opportunities to get my links out there, uh, and then looking at PDFs and reading that, like I just have like Pinterest strategies, build your blog business, I have two YouTube videos, which I have not, which I have not, um, looked at so I'm gonna look at this now and see what pops up so this first YouTube link hopefully I don't know what it is but hopefully it's useful it is this first link was how to cook a steak by Gordon Ramsay that was probably the best video I've watched ever literally just type in how to cook a steak by Gordon Ramsay and the way he cooks a steak is the way that I generally cook my steaks these days I had no steak cooking ability but I'm gonna say I make a darn good steak so that is a good self note that I saved. He also has another one too called, uh, I think it's called, yeah, Gordon Ramsay's New York Strip Steak Recipe, the extended version. Now it's a little bit longer, it's like five minutes long, the first one's like two minutes long. Uh, what can I say? Gordon Ramsay knows how to cook, he's, he's legit. Uh, I have some notes about like, joining boards, I have templates to say like, oh, here's my personalized letter to join your groups on Pinterest, a lot of links to the other competitors I'm looking at. Uh, yeah, so I'm just going down. I'm only in the first three months. And yeah, the more I'm talking about this, man, I am feeling bad about like, like a lot of these notes are really just haphazard. So, I did write this note, and so in case you are a social media influencer, I did save for someone who's trying to make money online writing blog content, I did save this snippet. I don't know where I got it from, but um, keep these in mind. Tap Influence has the highest paid post, so if you're looking to make money writing content, that's what you got. Um, social Fabric, Social Fabric, uh, this person says they got their first sponsored post through here, plus 25 others is clever, which I guess you need a minimum page view of 20k per month. Um, influence her, collective. Uh, I think it's a network of women. She speaks. This person joined it two years ago. Brand backer, Grimp, and Influencer Central. So I guess those sites offer you paid gigs for writing and yeah, you can network with other bloggers. Uh, have a link towards online retail surveys that pay cash. I wrote a lot of notes, my me versus my government 
coupons. That's always fun. Uh, let's see. Opt-in stuff. A lot of, like, just parking glass. Res number. Car. You some mobile panel. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's just a lot of things that are just random here that are just like templates. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why I just didn't just know that. And then randomly, in August, we looked at Tasty Trade. There's a YouTube video that has a beginning options trading course. Uh, I've always had a eye for options slash sports betting. I mean, I came from a poker background. It should not be a surprise to anyone who listens to this podcast more frequently. I talk about, I mean, more of like calculated risk. I mean, stock options, it technically is calculated, but if anyone ever else has read it, um, you guys probably heard of Wall Street bets. I certainly have, and that's pretty much where it all is circled around, or like trading stocks, stock options. So, yeah, I want to learn a lot more about that. I think I did some futures trading at one point, um, or at least studied to do a lot of it, but uh, but it just took up too much time, and I had other avenues, so uh, it's one of those things. So, yeah, the stock options and finance stuff, that is something that I enjoyed doing and learning. I've not practiced it. Uh, however, that is something that does pique my interest um, currently. So that's a self-note to myself out loud. Well, I said that out loud, but this is a self-note. That's something I need to go back and just realize, like, oh, this is something I need to decide to want to do if I want to go down that route. Um, probably not, as I guess I'm just thinking about it more. Uh, I had a Dollar Sprout article get paid to take pictures. I have no idea where that came from like a month later then it just kind of goes to a lot of nothing uh, a lot of more yeah more more like money articles I was really obsessed with writing a lot of finance financial blog articles I mean if you guys want to ever do like an affiliate site network site where you write content and then get paid for affiliate links that's where like a lot of these notes apparently are coming from. I did a lot of that. Uh, you know, made some money, but I don't know. I, I mentioned this before. My, I'm always all over the place. I try to keep one or two things very firm down, but outside of that, I'm just like I'm shooting in like 30 different directions. I'm working on limiting that, but still. These next notes. Uh, Google my business optimization. No. I don't want to talk about this stuff anymore. I want, to, I want the good stuff that I wrote. Uh, here's something. If you guys have not heard of Peter Lormeyer, yeah, Lormeyer, um, he's got a show called Stay Here. It's a Netflix show. Uh, I found this very interesting because uh, the show, I thought he was phenomenal when he talked about creating experiences, especially if you're someone who wants to get into like the Airbnb or the short-term rental or even the rental space, uh, creating like a great experience that, that are like truly unique and one-of-a-kind. Uh, I don't know, I love the way he talked and kind of where his mindset was at. Uh, not many people I often see talk about that. Uh, I found it a bummer because he, uh, on LinkedIn and on Twitter, I added him. But he doesn't seem to have a lot of traction, despite the fact that he was a host for a Netflix show. He probably was the guy that pitched it too. And I thought the show was pretty good. 
but I have not heard anything about reviews, him. Um, so if you guys are in the marketing space or in the home rental space, definitely check out that Stay Here show. Um, give that guy a follow. Uh, I just thought he's useful, and I'm just surprised that he hasn't gotten more traction. So hopefully that hopefully what I say, you guys take action for it. Uh, I think I think it's a good thing. Then I then I think this is where, where things start getting good, or maybe not good. Where I started the idea ideation phase, or just kind of going through uh, things that I wanted to focus on, which you can't tell. This is starting to become a theme in my life. Like I have a lot of ideas, but not many things. Um, but very, very little action. Except for a couple of things, but way more ideas than energy that I have. Uh, this one says opportunities, startups, B2B contract draft, draft, section for industries for drafting. I don't know. Um, then I immediately say wavelength technology to head to connect the hub for. VR type internet experience opposite. That is a slew of words that does not make any sense. I did talk about this as an idea. And one of you guys did actually email me about that, about Elon Musk actually having that te having technology of just having wavelength to having the wavelength tech to read your read your head, your your, your brain thoughts. Uh, I think Elon Musk was working on something like that. And I'm just going to keep going through. This guy has, I, I also have it in 2018. Uh, a couple months later, talks about 200K in rent. This is a bigger pockets form thing that's saved. 200K in rents in one year for 10x cash flow. Uh, yeah, a lot of this talks about like uh, Airbnb, how he listed a lot of stuff, he made a lot of money. Um, just like wholesaling, like Airbnb rentals. I think he just went to owners of apartments and he's like, hey, uh, I'll rent out your apartment, I'll give you that, or I can do an Airbnb listing and we can split the profits. Something like that. He made like a lot of money doing it. Uh, and a video on how to clean a windshield. Just a lot of Airbnb stuff. A lot of hospitality stuff in the month of December. Uh, in January 7, 2019, I looked at a site, or decided to create a site called Steal My Ideas. Or at least that's the note that I had. I don't know if I looked at it or not. I'm going to click it right now. I don't. I think that site already exists. Yeah, it gets forwarded to a huge domain, so I can buy steal my ideas for thirty-three hundred dollars. Pass. Why steal my ideas when you can? Why create the site when I can create my own podcast and talk about sixty of them over six months? It's pretty obvious at this point. Like I <laughs> that this episode has clearly gone off the rails. Yeah, that's a bummer too. I really thought this episode was going to be like way more fruitful, but it's not. Like, it's really just me doing whatever. But here's something that could be a pretty solid uh, piece of advice if you are looking for a role or a company or you're trying to switch jobs or you know you have an interview with the HR or someone in the department. I think I saved like eight of these um, just for myself. Uh, it says, can you tell me more about the day-to-day -day responsibilities? That's a pretty straightforward question. How does my role interact with other positions on a day-to-day -day basis? That is a very strong question, especially if you're someone who likes to be hands-on and you're someone that likes to work with other people. That is a very important, very important question. 
What are your expectations for this role during the first 30 days, three months, and six months? Again, I heavily emphasize communication and expectations and what's going to happen, uh, especially if you're someone that's very competent at what you do or you believe you're very competent and you've had proof of success. Like these are the types of questions that companies, I believe, would want if they want successful people. But I know a lot of other companies just want to hire warm bodies to just act and not actually think. So these questions are a good barometer of the type of company you're going to be joining. Another question, what would make someone really successful for this role? You know, they're, you know you're asking them the template of what, what it takes. Um, next question is, where do you think the company's headed in five years? How has the company handled a down economy in the past? Uh, for the last company acquired, what were the one, top one, two factors in making the decision to move forward? Description mentioned participation in development programs. What does, uh, sorry, does that include conferences and the like? Or is this something that employees can request? What do you feel, what do you like the best about working for this company? And what is a typical career path for someone in this role? Now, I just recall um, writing these questions out and some of these um, saved them for templates uh, for a role that I was going to take, uh, very interested in, but the company was pretty off-putting, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, they are a big company, uh, not to Zappos, a company that likes to filter Zappos, but they're not. Um, That's as much as I'm going to say. Uh, no more. No more shade thrown. Uh, then I spent some random time learning uh, social media query building operators so I can help do better searches. Uh, it's, part, it's, it's part of the life. Just uh, when, people want, when people want you to do things, you just learn it. Like, hey, we need someone to do query operations. And can you do it? Yeah, sure, I can do it. It's within that realm. I know, I know space and code. You know, but, uh, I don't even want to talk. I don't even know if I'm even talking to you guys. I'm just talking to myself at this point. A lot of right edge stuff, a lot of articles with SEO, do keyword research now, do keyword research in seven days. Um, then I just have <laughs> just a lot of mumbo jumbo as of March 18 last year. So 14 months ago, this is when it goes from like marketing stuff to you can really start seeing a big difference in the content that I'm, or the notes that I'm writing. I don't want to read this word for word because I have no idea what any of this stuff means, so I'm going to try to decipher it in real time. This is, yeah, I feel like this is like the stuff where I was hoping you'd get to from the get go, but it wasn't there. So if you somehow have managed to not fall asleep or not turn it off in the first two minutes, and no, I am not going to remove this. Okay. Alright. I'm going to try. I'm not going to try to take down this episode. I know the, it seemed like the first few minutes were very rough. But I think this is. I hope this gets good. If not, I'm gonna. I'm gonna call this the. I, I'll title this. It. No, I'll take one step back. If these next 30 minutes don't end up being something that I envisioned for this episode, I'm gonna title this um, the the blank minutes AMSR of sleeping, the sleep-inducing, nonsensical note 
word. I don't know, something. Something that's just absurd. Okay, I can't think about it in real time. But she doesn't help me do any favorites because that was like, that was a minute of all of our lives that I wish I could take back <laughs> in figuring out a title for the episode. But fingers crossed, guys. Let's see what I mean here. Back in a year plus. Dissecting the best WWE moment in recent history. For me, it was Daniel Bryan, his rise to the top, even though that was like eight years ago. The best actors come out on top, answers the question, why are you for the underdog? The true best of the best, at what point does acting stop? So yeah, I think that just kind of buys into like, you fake it till you make it. That's kind of how my interpretation of it was when I wrote this. Uh, you know, if you act a role, you live into the role, you immerse yourself in, a, in, a, in the role. Um, whether it's like actually acting or filling in a job position or career, you know, if you're able to do all those things and you're able to help people, then you are who you say you are. So the best actors do do come out on top, but at that that point, you're the best at what you do, like quote unquote acting your way. Like at some point, when does that acting stop? Like that becomes you and not the actor version of you. That makes sense. Well, hopefully, that makes sense. Uh, and then I have this note, Patriots underdog into OP champs. Again, that was a year ago, not this past year. Uh, any given Sunday, players play at or above level, while others play at or below level. Better psychology in the NFL. So there is actually a lot going on here. This is, this might be, all right. There's a lot to talk about with all these notes that I wrote that could be deciphered in its own each individual episode, really. But I'm gonna see if I can give a synopsis version of each one. So, the whole idea behind any given Sunday, I think everyone who plays football understands. Any given Sunday is, anything can happen when you play football. Like, underdogs can win, um, you know, even the favorites of like, 30 point favorites can somehow lose. Like, it just, this shenanigans can happen, that's life. Um, but the key thing here behind this is, uh, is that, I don't think many people actually dissect like any given Sunday factor. And to give you an example, let's say the Kansas City Chiefs, like we'll rate them an A. Give them an A plus as a team. Offense, A plus, defense, say like a C. And coaching, say like A minus. Coaching, you know, special teams like A. Just give that. Um, they face say the Detroit Lions. Offense is probably a B plus. Defense, yeah, probably like a D. Special teams, A. Okay, so on paper you kind of see like, okay, like the Lions are a little bit of an underdog overall, and they might be like a 10-point underdog. Uh, what people tend to neglect, uh, and I talk about this too in a lot of sports, is that depending on how the team's playing as a whole, and the team momentum, and kind of just what the mindset is going in. Um, can effectively turn a team that's, say, an A-grade overall, in this case, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, they could play down to a level that could be a C-grade or a D-grade. Just because you're an A player doesn't mean you're always going to perform at an A level. And just because you're a B player or you're a B, you're a B-rated team does not mean you do not have the... It does not mean you're unable to or unable to play above your skill set. Okay? Your skill set your grades or, or whatever are a measure of where you generally stand um, heading into here and now. Now when you show up, that's a different story. When you show up, you could be an A player. You could be, a, you know, like the Alliance offense could all, all of a sudden just have everything click and they're an A. 
um, at that moment in time, even though up until that point they were repeat. And it might be temporary. It might be a long-term thing. Okay, we all know fluky things happen, but if it happens more than a few times, it just might mean they're getting better. Um, that's kind of the, the idea behind it. And when it comes to a lot of like sports psychology and, and sports betting, and I'm talking more about that. I like to I like to add certain grades and ranges uh, overall between uh, each team, certain aspects and like how they're playing. So, like say an A team can still play down to a D level, but if it's uh, but the likelihood of them playing down to a D level is pretty slow, pretty low. Versus a D team playing up to an A level is very, very weak. Like it's very unlikely. However, that day if they if the D team shows up, uh, they play at a B level, and you know they somehow just have everything click and they're only they can only reach B level. Uh, it's up to the team, the A level team, I should say the Chiefs again, to play the way they're supposed to. But again, anything can happen. Random stuff happens. So they can play down to a B level, which effectively makes it an even matchup. No one knows this when it's when it happens in real time. Like that's the beauty of sports. Uh, but that's essentially what the concept behind any any given Sunday uh, portion, or at least that's my interpretation of it, and how I generally use that for sports betting. Uh, I can only do that for the NFL. Maybe maybe NFL as well. Oh, sorry, not NFL. Maybe um, baseball, but. It's, it's very rare. Now the other one I mentioned in the better psychology of the NFL and other sports, uh, like mentioning sustainable play, adjustment, et cetera, adjustments, etc. Uh, this one is very, very exhaustive because a lot of the NFL psychology, there's only a very limited amount of plays. And most of the adjustments that are made are at halftime. And the thing is, if you're a coach in the NFL, like you can, you generally only have like one perception, one one idea that's going in mind. Whether it's play calling, you, know, you have one set of responsibilities. But taking in like viewing different angles, what's being seen above, everything else, like that's re that's related to like the team and the ability to not just tell the coach what's going on, but to actually communicate to the coach uh, or the play callers of what to do and communicate it to where they can understand it. Because you can say whatever you want to a coach. Like, I can say, hey, coach, you need to start this guy more. And the coach can be like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And then, the, and then as soon as you turn the corner, the coach just will, you know, shake his hand in emotion like you're a jerk off and then go go about his business. Okay. So, like, uh, the whole idea behind this is that the psychology of the NFL really should be focused on, like, focused on taking advantage of the current meta of the game. And by that, I mean the NFL... Currently, depending on what you're watching, we're seeing it more and more. Like we're seeing more uh, quarterbacks being elusive. Uh, they're still mobile passers, but they they're, they're pocket passers, but they're very mobile, and they can slither their way out, which creates like very dynamic play sets. Um, they have better vision down the field, probably compared to older QBs that are more uh, pocket passers, and uh, you know they're able to adjust more frequently. Because of that, these players have a new baseline of skill and aptitude, um, not just for QBs, but just for the team, just for the league as a whole. And that I don't think that's super translated well into like NFL play calling, um, even on-field tricks. Um, Baker Mayfield actually does a sneaky good job of this, 
Um, so does Patrick Mahomes. Um, just seeing psychology in the NFL with Patrick Mahomes with his no with his no look pass. You know, even a simple like gotcha moment. Are so like even though they're quote unquote so rare, they're not shown enough to where uh, they're they're not exploited enough to where the teams will be able to adjust accordingly. And if they do, it's not going to be able to, they're not going to be able to adjust for it every single time in real time, even if they're aware of like a no look pass because you have to respect a lot of things. Baker Mayfield, uh, I think he did this twice in his rookie year, where he would take a snap, like a long snap, and would intentionally like bobble it to where it would look like it's a fumble. And by doing that, a lot of the defensive teams would like focus on the fact that it might be like a broken play, and therefore like, and not just defensive players like on the line, but like the wide receivers or like, or sorry, the defensive linemen, the defensive backs, like the corners. They would see that and they would have a misstep uh, just for the instant, even though Baker like would, would fake like bobbling up a snap um, just so uh, his receivers can get separation. Like I think a lot of these little like adjustments and things that are related to the football could be used and they're not used whatsoever. It's just all stuck in a play action pass or maybe a, the occasional trick play. But you know it's fine, but. I just think that NFL needs to have better psychology. There's not anything more beyond that. Um, even when it comes to play calling, I, I meant uh, you know the XFL had very innovative play calling with the, with the ability to have a forward pass behind, like two forward passes behind a line of scrimmage. Uh, there was so many potential opportunities to create hybrid running back QB duos, hybrid wide receiver duo like duos as well. You can even have a forward pass and then toss it back to the QB and then toss it forward again, toss it, like, you, 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 by adding another option, passing, you, in theory, unlocked almost an infinite amount of, like, new variations in plays that have not been discovered, and, uh, and that's a shame, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a great shame that the XFL couldn't do that, um, and the NFL will not, will likely not adapt it. Um, even though, again, we saw the XFL double four pass play, uh, we saw that uh, with minimal success. Uh, it just wasn't tested enough. And like I said, that's a, that's a damn shame. Uh, and then, uh, and then the next thing I have in here is this is all just one set of notes I just wrote. And again, like, this is oh my god, this is a lot. Beautiful versus real life. I think I briefly mentioned the art of beauty in beautiful versus real life, which really is just the idea of um, like storytelling in sports, how sports and is run. Like in theory, a lot of people like to simulate games, to simulate like results for like baseball, football, whatever. And then when it comes to real life, things either turn out similar or different, or could be. Or, yeah, it can be very similar, but the art of, I call it beauty, is that it's uh, sports are set up, or certain sports or certain games are set up to where um, the storylines themselves are what what goes on within the game and not within the game itself, like, is focused on the appeal of the fans, making it look as, like, memorable as possible. So, like, top plays, top games, biggest moments, that's, like, more the art of, of beauty versus the actual sport itself. Yeah, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna bother going super exhausted into that. My throat is like hoarse right now, guys. It is brutal. I don't want to stop. I know we're like at the 40 minute mark, and I feel like we're just getting going. 
very sad, very sad with this. Um, uh, but the but the whole idea behind that is like, you know, this is like that's the reason why sports is so hype. Though. Like, uh, sports is a real life drama. It's like the greatest reality TV show. Like that's what I love about sports. Uh, and we're able to create just not just a bunch of you know random random people playing a sport, throwing a football, throwing a ball down the field. Yeah, we're able to create storylines. We're able to create the understanding of the game. Which then I have this thing that says, uh, quote unquote, cannot come up with this script, which we've all heard from Joe Buck or whoever, Chris Collinsworth, whoever's announcing. Well, of course, you can't come up with the script. Because the more you exist, the more shit that happens. Okay? So, like, if you throw in 22 guys and a ball with very limited plays, like, shenanigans are going to happen. And how these games play out are always going to be completely random. It's more or less random. And. I don't know. <laughs> when someone says you can't come up with a script, like it, like like Hollywood couldn't come up with something this great, like of course, like like they're not coming up with complete randomness. Like they're coming up with what they believe would make would make sense. They're coming up with an ending, ending to a story that they've decided. So that's why, like, when someone says you can't come up with with the script in any comeback scenario, any ridiculous stuff you see in sports, it's like that's the most obvious statement in the world. Like, no shit. I think it's a normal rant. Uh, and then I think about this, why I think more subcultures exist, more possibilities, and more room for creativity. Hence, the decline in old sitcoms, quote-unquote old, and the bigger focus on targeted audiences. Uh, I don't think this is new. I mean, back then it might have been more new, but I mean, who creates content for everyone these days? Netflix, there are literally shows, and I mentioned that Home Away was one, like that catered to like, the 50,000 of us that just want whatever. Um, and here's an interesting take. Uh, let's see if I can agree with it now. The better quality data on you, the better quality shows. Uh, which I know a lot of people are very wary of their privacy, especially online. Um, the thing is, it's like it's a give and take. Like, if no, one no, one, no one knows who you are, what you do, what you like, whatever, then, then you're going to find... I'm sorry, then when a content company or whoever wants to sell a product or show you a sh give you a show for you to watch. The goal in mind is to actually help you solve a problem. That's what a good company does. Okay, so in the ideal world, if people understood what you wanted and needed in real time, like, as soon as you would think about it, it would, like, exist in your hand. That would be, like, the ultimate quality of, like, what you want and what you need. But that actually requires someone to understand what's going on in your head and when you need it right now. Which again, to a lot of people, that freaks them out because that 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 really defines like the quality and like understand sorry, the quality data and actually understanding. Again, it's all based on intent with that. Um, and this aspect of quality shows, like Netflix and whatnot, that means the same thing. Um, note here: originality will always come out on top in the long term. Always be testing. This one, I think, this is, I think this is nonsense about just what numbers. I mean, I, I agree with it, but the numbers are probably nonsensical. So if you're an NFL coach NFL, or offensive coordinator, like, there is an off chance. There is an off chance there's a legit professional player that listens to this podcast. Um, it's a non-zero chance. Don't doubt it. I doubt it, but I don't. I mean, I doubt it. But it's not a guaranteed doubt. But, here, but if you are someone in, in the NFL or NFL aficionado, Trick plays should be common in the NFL. 
coordinator should keep 30% of the plays original. Uh, literally listen to friends, suggestions on Reddit, DM people on the damn platform. I'm 99% sure at least one, one NFL coach reads Reddit regularly. For at least five new trick plays per week to use. Uh, something something McVay play calling I wrote. Defense is predicated on learning schemes, looks, etc. Again, like, it takes a few weeks for teams to identify, like, defensive sets, patterns, uh, but when you do, when you have trick plays, uh, most teams tend, tend to use a trick play maybe once a game, maybe twice a game if it's a desperate situation, um, but not much more, and even then, that's at max. And they don't, and they, and they don't, they, they do it at the random times, which makes it effective. Nothing wrong with that, but I think teams are just grossly underestimating the amount of effectiveness if you just keep doing that. Um, I'm pretty sure if you do like 10 or 20 a game, yeah, it's gonna. What you're gonna do is you're gonna keep the defense honest, and you're gonna have like more running room. You're gonna be able to do a lot of things. Um, but I just haven't seen the amount of innovativeness that I would like. Uh, but again, who am I? I'm just a guy. I'm just a fan. I just think it. I think it could be fairly easy. Um, especially if you work around like psychology and sports, like sports psychology or understanding human behavior, uh, it, it works if you're, you know, it just works. Now the reason is um, when you, whenever you throw an unpredictable, an unpredictable element into the mix, uh, shenanigans happen. Like lesser actors quote unquote fall for it, not to say they suck, players go through experience so they won't fall for it again. So they won't fall for it again. Uh, that's why you want to keep having different trick plays, because even though they won't fall for it again, they won't know what again is. Like, so, it freaks them out. Um, I mentioned fumble, shenanigans, NFL rule changes. Um, I mentioned Baker Mayfield, fake fumbles, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson play, any play Aaron Rodgers makes. Uh, like, Aaron Rodgers is, is notorious for that, of shenanigan plays. You guys know, if, you, if you're an NFL watcher, you guys do know he likes to um, make the defense go off sides and get a free play. Like he's, he does that like almost once or twice a game. He's the best NFL quarterback that does that like hands down. Like he's done with a chart of like his um, free play performance. He, I think he's like 50 times better than like literally anyone else. Not 50 times, but he's like, he's like two or three tiers above anyone remote performance wise. So, oh yeah, I mean that, that's effectively a trick play. And the thing is, like, this new generation of NFL understands this more than anything else, consciously or not. Uh, so, when it comes to that, to believing in the trick play, like, you have, like, to making the trick play effective, you absolutely have to believe it to take action. Super powerful. Super powerful. Ben Arrell didn't say anything. No, no idea why. Um, I'm going to talk about more of startup stuff, but, but guys, I think we're, I think we're done. My, my voice is just thrash. I was not expecting my voice to be in this terrible condition. Um, I, I really, I don't know, I feel like a, and actually these are, these are final words. These are parting words, guys. Parting words. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, this, this episode was a hit and miss. I think it was a miss and hit. That's the way to like it. It's a miss and hit. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. Uh, it's gonna be—it's gonna be released Sunday. I'm just gonna be like—I'll I'll probably just be honest. It'll just be, it'll say something along the lines of, "Yo," uh, even, <laughs> who names an episode "Yo"? Uh, it's gonna be—it's probably gonna say something like, 
um, decent episode for me, uh, or not even decent, me ramblings over Slack, ideas and notes, 55 minutes, um, I don't know, it's not, this is not as fruitful as the first one I did, as the note card. Um, who would have thought just randomly taking notes in Slack would be a terrible idea in recollecting thoughts, whereas note cards were very beneficial. You live and learn, guys. But I'm still going to release this. Luckily, it's going to be a Sunday one. A Sunday release. I don't think this episode's terrible. I think it's certainly picked up in the second half. But, um, my, I'm sorry, guys. My voice is just thrashed. Uh, I don't know. If you guys... Actually, no. Actually, if you guys are still listening, please do me a solid. If you're, if you're asleep or if you're about to go to sleep, don't, don't, don't do it now. Obviously, you're trying to sleep. Um, but if this type of episode, like... Like, my throat just feels like it's on fire. And would you guys rather have this episode, the, uh, this type of ex- episode exists where I feel like it's about 50%. Like, like, the second half seems like it was solid. First half, first, eh, the middle, like, 20 minutes, it's shaky. Would you rather have, like, a mixed type of episode in quality or, or just me not have it at all? Because... I don't, like, I, I get the aspect that, you know, you guys listen to my voice, and you guys about fall asleep, and that's really the big pole here. At least that's in my, in my eyes, and the content is more of a value. But I want to be able to talk about something that makes sense coherently for, like, the whole time. And it seemed like early on, it just seemed like it was just a bunch of um, nonsense. And obviously, it wasn't intentional. It just happened to be the luck of a draw when I started. So, yeah, what do you guys think? Um... Release an okay episode as a second one, or just no episode at all. I wanted to release two episodes a week in case you guys do thoroughly want to listen to my voice and you want more new material to listen to. Um, but you know, I, I would really like to know. Uh, in the future, I do have more episodes. I, I wrote a crap load of ideas, and the one that apparently might be a multi-episode series is my uh, note card one because I wrote a lot, and there is a lot of uh, stuff in. Hopefully, I think you guys will find good value of, whether if you're a content creator, if you're someone who's just interested in, in hearing new ideas, not new, but maybe just refreshing ideas, perspectives. Um, to be honest with you guys, I, by default, I generally just don't like following a crowd, or I don't like following public opinion, uh, even if it's for the good. Um, my default is just to play devil's advocate and just backlash in a lot of things, and question a lot. Um, so yeah, growing up I was never really, uh, I, I tended to be on the wrong side of things a lot more in hindsight um, than I am now. Um, but it just, it's just something that's kind of ingrained in me. And uh, coming up in the future, coming up in the future, uh, you're going to start seeing a little bit more of that. I, I have a couple of, uh, not just ideas, but, but uh, products or something I want to test. And I don't want to reveal it now. Because this could this could end up being terrible, but uh, but I, I think there's something with how we how we uh, digest information, how we perceive things, and I think it's just based on I think it's literally just based on how we perceive things currently versus how how we could perceive things in, in ingesting information, and and I don't know I think this could be big. 
Uh, I say this about a lot of things, and this is like one of those things where I'm, hon I'm toning down the amount of like things I'm running towards. I'm trying to tone it down to like three or four. Uh, and if you guys are wondering what the whole startup series ideas, um, I mean, I can keep writing ideas, but I had a very, very real conversation with a buddy of mine. He, he said, he said, he said, look, Joey, um, look, he's like, you only have 60 ideas, you might have 600 ideas, but at the end of the day, like, the number that you're going to have with ideas, it's just going to keep expanding. And that's not where your headspace needs to be at, because that's just going to, that's just only idea generation. Uh, if you want to do something, like, if, if he's like, it says, if he said, if your intent is to actually do something, like, that has to stop now. Like, you just, like, it's just going to, that list is going to keep growing, and you're going to keep spending yourself thinner and thinner and thinner. And, uh, you know, I think he's right, so, um, so I'm going to limit the startup idea episodes for now, uh, or at the very least, if I do have another one, then it's going to be more exhaustive than not. Uh, like, I want to have, like, one or two ideas per episode, uh, not, it's not between, like, four and seven, uh, because if I'm going to do, like, one idea, it's going to be, it has to be more involved, something that's more tangible, something that, um, that might end up becoming, like, a different type of episode or maybe even a pitch that I can do down the road. But, yeah. Uh, again, I have to stop my, my throat. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't, guys. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to record more, but no. No buenos. But if you manage to stick around, I thoroughly appreciate you listening to this episode. Uh, guarantee I will do better the next time. Every episode I need to be doing better than... than the next time so um until next time folks take care and dream easy